Reggae Uprising family and welcome to another episode. For newcomers to Reggae Uprising podcast, it is all about connecting people of the African diaspora through special guests sharing their culture, knowledge and inspirational stories. To be the first to hear a new episode every Wednesday, you can subscribe to the podcast and also check out my Reggae Uprising video, which is out every Monday, which you can watch via any of my social media, which is Daniil Music. And you can also find the link in the description. Now, normally Reggae Uprising is an interview which is recorded face to face, but with the latest restrictions due to the coronavirus, until further notice, Reggae Uprising guests will be interviewed over the phone. I hope you will appreciate the lengths that I've gone to to ensure I can still bring you great content and understand that the sound quality may not be at the standard that you've become accustomed to from this podcast. I would also like to take a moment for everyone who has lost a loved one in these difficult times. My love and prayers are with you. Also, anyone who is fighting the illness right now, my thoughts go out to you and your family. Everyone, stay safe, stay strong and stay loving. I hope that the selections from this episode's guests will bring you all positivity, inspiration and good vibrations. All of my guests have seven selections of reggae songs um, that they have chosen. So the first track that this week's guest has selected is Dennis Brown, Here I Come. Love and hate can never be friends oh no oh no here i come with love and not hatred show the goodness and mercy shall follow i all the days of my life envy no one no wish to be with no evil man for there'll come the day when you'll be whipped by the feathers and leave a brood's children. Oh yeah, leave a pastor children. Yeah. My head is anointed and my cup runs over. Yeah, show the goodness and mercy shall follow I. All the days of my life Yeah Oh yeah now Oh yeah As well as being an occupational therapist Shelley Ann Roden has counselled vulnerable adults to help them reintegrate into their community her empathy works don't end there though. She has also spread her high vibes through music with her YouTube channel, Carib Fusion TV. Greetings and welcome, Shelley. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. Firstly, I want to get started by asking why you picked that first track. So this song by Dennis Brown, I feel like 
whenever we're at a family function, you know, right after the food done, cook, and everybody eats, as soon as people are ready to dance, this is the song that comes on. And I feel like in terms of childhood memories, every family function that I've been to, this song has been playing. So it have like a special meaning in my heart because every time I hear this song, I just remember my aunts, my uncles, my family members, and just just always remembering having a good time listening to this song. So that's why this is my first choice because I just feel like it sums up everything within my childhood. Love that, love that, love that. Um, as I do with all of my listeners, as we're people of the diaspora, um, can you please let the listeners know um, about your heritage? Where sure. So I am from Kingston, Jamaica. Um, I came here to the UK, Birmingham, um, when I was 12 years old. So um, in 1998, <laughs> I just gave away my age. Um, so yeah, so that's it. I'm from Kingston, um, Harbourview to be exact, just near the airport, if anybody knows where that is. And um, so yeah, that's basically it. Spent most of my primary years in Jamaica and then secondary um, onwards um, in the UK. Okay, so what was it like growing up in Jamaica? Um, different, um, very different. I mean, as you can imagine, we used to start school at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, me and my friends, we would walk to school. And I remember walking to school at a really young age, you know, um, and it was just a bit more vibrant. I, I feel, um, I feel like there was, especially for us, there was a lot of connectedness, you know, the neighbors, we know our neighbors, you know, we grew up on eating fresh fruits and just a really strong emphasis on the extended family. Um, and just, just being around fresh air all the time, people who are, you know, very positive. Um, so growing up in Jamaica has definitely kind of set me um, in good stead, you know. Okay, so what would you say like a typical day at school was like in Jamaica? You said obviously you had to walk to school and that was... Yes, yeah. What was well, a typical day like? <laughs> I used to idle a little bit. So even though my mom would send me to school early, me and my friends would always stop, pick mango. <laughs> okay. Wait for other friends. <laughs> and then most of the time I actually ended up going to school late um, and end up getting a couple of licks for that <laughs> as a result. Um, but then just being in school as well, um, I found the teachers were a lot more, I say not a lot more, but they were, they really loved what they do. Um, and I felt like there was just a bit more emphasis on us doing well. Um, and again, during the lunchtime, just that togetherness with um, our friends, it was just, I don't know, I, I, I really enjoyed my time in school, even though I only really, you know, was there until I was about 12. Um yeah okay can you remember any like um school ground games that you used to play or hopscotch or i don't know like, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> definitely so dandy shandy was a thing i don't know if you know what dandy shandy is no what's dandy shandy i don't so know that. dandy shandy it's basically so normally girls play this more than the boys so you'd have one girl at the end well two girls at the end and a girl in the center and we would use like a old juice uh box with stuff that with paper and we would use it kind of like a ball. And the whole idea of that was to kind of do as much positions as you can do. They're throwing the the, the makeshift ball um, by you and you have to kind of sight it. So you have to try and not be hit by it. Um, and at the same time, try to keep your composure, try to do as much uh, shapes as you can do. And that was some of the things that we did. Um, we did the hopscotch, um, but Dandy Shandy was probably the one that we did the most um cricket we used to play that quite a lot even 
um, school outside of school. Um, and also within our community, we almost always used to wait for the rain to fall so we can play some rain football. <laughs> rain football? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Playing football in the rain was actually fun. Our parents didn't like that though because, I mean, nobody wants their child to get sick. But <laughs> okay. we still love playing that, especially in the summertime. Because it was just refreshing from the heat, like completely yes. different to the UK. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds really odd, but I'm sure there's a lot of Jamaican kids like, yeah, man, we used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, in terms of the Jamaican education system, do you feel that it's better than the UK? The same as the UK? Like, what do you feel in comparison to the UK? So it- in terms of the education, so we do have a British model. Uh, most of our books are, you know, British. But I feel like where it is different is the seriousness of it. I remember when I was in school, um, there wasn't really... So basically, the class clone would not really get any kind of highlights. Um, from what I remember, people wanted to do well. They took education serious, and especially because your parents are paying for it as well. We have to pay for the books, the pencil, the bag, everything. Um, So I felt like as a result of that, people took it more serious, you know. Um, In terms of here, I I think the teachers do work hard, but I feel in some ways that they've been given a babysitting job. They have to be looking at the behavioral part of the child instead of being able to focus on teaching them. So I know with my experience, um, if I was to compare the two, I felt like the children actually wanted to be there they wanted to learn for the most part not everybody obviously you're going to have people who um don't take it serious but for the most part um i feel like my experience was you know the children took it more serious the parents took it a little bit more serious um from from me when i was in jamaica if you had a textbook you look after that textbook you, you cover it with paper so that you can hand it down to somebody else um, here I come and I see people graffitiing in the books and, and mm. you know, pages missing. And, you know, so it was a, it was almost night and day. Um, and in terms of what we were doing, um, it is different in that I feel like in Jamaica, they pushed us a little bit more. So we were doing a lot more complex things in grade five and grade six. Um, when I came here to secondary school, they hadn't even started doing that. So in some ways, I do think the Caribbean education system is a little bit better. Um, so I know it sounds really biased, but I do actually think it, uh, the Caribbean has it probably a little bit better in terms of education. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. What aspects of black history were you taught at school? Say that again, sorry? What aspects of black history were you taught at school? So, I mean, I can't remember now. This is sending me way back. Um, we we learned about, um, from what I can remember, mostly about slavery and, you know, who had kind of conquered us um, as such. Um, we learned about Christopher Columbus, etc. Um, so would you which, say you were, you were taught the European version of what yes, happened? Or? Yes, okay. yes, because the model is still, I, I don't know if they've, they've changed that, but the model was still British. So we were learning about basically being enslaved, which, I mean, looking at it now from an adult, it's not empowering at all to learn that. Oh, by the way, mm. some other people had dominion over you at some point. Um, but they did teach very much the British standard in school. Okay, okay. Um, 
And moving on to a, a subject we all like to talk about um, <laughs> is um, talk, moving on to food. So <laughs> grow, growing up, like what was seen as like the treat, like the food that you could, like you run home for, or like if your mum was calling you, you could <laughs> smell it. You'd be like, oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So my mom used to do a mean, when I say mean, I mean mean curry chicken, right? Okay. Curry chicken with boiled dumplings. Okay. <laughs> and a couple of finger banana and piece of yam. Okay, okay. That is what I would say. When my mom was cooking that, she used to cook that on a Thursday. Because when she was, yeah, she basically used, she followed her routine. So, you know, you get your Sunday, Monday, rice and peas, chicken, or two meats or whatever. Tuesday would probably have ackee and saltfish, and then on a Wednesday, it would be the, the curry. Thursday might have some soup and stuff. So I would always look forward to that day when we're having curry chicken and dumpling. Okay. So that was the, that was my thing. Okay. And on the other end of the spectrum, was there a, a, um, a frugal meal that you had growing up that you're like, oh, I hope you don't cook that again, <laughs> man? Like, is there oh, anything no. like that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. Corned beef and white rice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I mean, for a while, like for years, I couldn't touch corned beef. I'm just like, I'm sick of the sight of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you yeah. like now? Do you eat it now? Is it bring? Do you eat it for like nostalgia? You just like, nah, yeah, never yeah, eating yeah. it. No, no, I'll okay. eat it. No, like I'll have it. You know, cook it up and you know put my onions and, and so forth in it. So I'll have it for nostalgia. Right. It's not a thing that I really... I think, you know, when you have something too much... Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I can't manage the, the corned beef anymore. It's a bit... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as for you for now, um, say if you're having a family, um, family gathering, what dish are you always asked to bring? Like, what's your signature dish that are like, yes, you must bring that corn? Uh, let me see. I mean, I can cook quite a few things. What do I normally bring? Um, probably go for the standard kind of jerk chicken, even though it's never going to be the real jerk chicken because I kind of cheat now and I put it in the oven just because, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have a backyard that I can put a big grill outside. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So most of the time, yeah, if I'm going to bring anything, I'll probably bring like maybe some jerk chicken. Um, and I do eat, you know, english british food so you know do like some smoked mackerel and, and something like that so okay. yeah but for the most part it's yeah some jerk chicken some fake jerk chicken <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh okay um right we're gonna move on to your next selection um, okay which is pluto Sheverington. <laughs> yes. why why did you choose this selection so again this one is definitely just a childhood favorite it is one of my favorite songs. I mean, I still listen to this now because of the art of storytelling. I feel like Caribbean people on a whole are just very creative. But without even being biased, I feel like Jamaicans are very, <laughs> you know, very creative people. And even in the, the art of storytelling, the reason why I love this song is because it's a good sing-along song. Again, it's one of the ones when my uncles would be around, we're playing dominoes, you know. I'm drinking a little bit of Caribbean twist. <laughs> this is the song that we would sing along to and just have fun with it. So this is why I chose this song because, again, strong links to my childhood. Okay, here we go. Rasta Ozzy from up the hill Decide to check on him grocery bill 
And when he mad up the things he need The dunny done with him safe by little weed Him hand pan him jalad Read him I am just meditate The time is so hard lad I man nothing about immigrate I make up in my lad I might as well go against Simon Fiat So I forward a market I sight the butcher boy by the gate You want what? No, I might a kill a queen Try beef now I no check for no grass we green What about fall? Watch I know it's time for a change Me and fish Got children out of that range How about the steak? Watch I know you no sight the rape Try the tribe now Bone me belly when I pull me pipe Alright, hold the pork Hush your mouth me brethren here Sell I a pound at that thing there Then the butcher pull up a stool Begin the question as he how him so fool What kind of something cooking a pot From him born him never did hear about that Well watch I know master Give I time make a try explain it's just like a flim show We protect the humble with change the name I would have feel so cute We come in and ask for some anal fat I and I feel safer If we change the subject and call it that Right, so um, tell us a little bit more about your journey to the UK How did that come about? So, well, it was one of those ones where it wasn't really necessarily a choice. Like, like I was saying before, I came at the age of 12 with my family. Um, my mom had come to the UK from two th- sorry 1994 because of, you know, trying to get better opportunities. So she would travel back and forth. And, you know, so having a, a, a mom who was, you know, she was basically mom and dad, um, having her travel back and forth about the third time when she come back, she said, Shelly, but come for you this time. <laughs> so she did. Um, and it was just a situation where it was just better. She didn't feel comfortable leaving me in Jamaica back and forth all the time. So um, that was basically it, just to come for, you know, having more opportunities. So okay. that was really the journey. So did you, I take it you stayed with family members when she... Yes, okay. yes. Yeah, so we had an extended household. So I was living there. Well, we were all living there with my aunties, cousins. So it was very much, I was, it wasn't very much a disruption for me. It was just that she wasn't there. So I was still around my brothers, around my cousins, around my aunts. Um, So that's how it it really worked out for me. And I don't know if you've had these conversations with your mum. Did she... Was she disappointed when she got to the UK? Was it what she expected, you know, with the opportunities that she was offered? How did, how did the, um, I don't know, the story end up being with the rea- reality? Did they kind of match up or...? Well, yeah, so my mom was very much like a hustler from day one. Like, wherever the work was, she would find it. When she came to the UK, from her ex, how she explained it, it was really a pleasant experience for her. Um, when she came, she was able to find work relatively quickly, and we had family here that was really supportive. Um, she did kind of give me a warning. I said, why, Shelly? <laughs> this is a foreign, you know, so you have to just do what you have to do you know so she was very much her mindset was just to go ahead and do what she needed to do um in terms of expectations um she had never been to what she called big foreign before she used to go to like panama and some of the other islands um so i guess there was nothing for her to compare it with 
Um, but she just made it work. Um, she never really complained about it. She she made it her home um, as much as she could. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and do you miss the sunshine of home? Like, would you ever go back oh. there to live? <laughs> Um, I don't know if I could go back to live just yet because now I've been here nearly you know, just over 20 years. Um, so most of my life is now in England. Um, would I go back to live? The, the only thing that would I would say no is because my family, they're here. Um, I don't really have family in Jamaica anymore. And I think to go somewhere and not have family would be a little bit of a challenge for me. But in terms of the sunshine, the vibe and the people... Any day, <laughs> any day, okay. I would go back. Okay. And if you could explore any of the other islands, where would you go first? If you could, if somebody would say, look, I'll pay for you to go to any of the other islands, <laughs> where would you go and why? So I've actually been to a few other islands. Um, in 2011, I went to, uh, I think, nine of the islands. So wow. I've been to quite a few of them. Um, kind of did a bit of island hopping. Um, I, I don't want to shout out a favorite, but I do every one of them. You can give like us a, a top three, part. innit? Pardon me? Can you give us a top three? Oh, top three, girl. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Okay, so I so I spent the most time in on Nevis. So thank you to Nevis. I was on Nevis. So Nevis would be my top in my top three for the fact that what I loved about Nevis, I mean, most people rave about St. Kitts, but Nevis is quiet. Mm. And in terms of how they do their things, even on a political way, they don't sell their land. So the people of Nevis own Nevis. Um, okay. and, uh, as well as even, you would never find a fast food place there that is international. So there's no KFC, no McDonald's, no Burger King. If you want any of those mm-hmm. stuff, the locals provide that. You know, okay. so they've kept it and they're they're pledging to keep that island very green. So that would be my favorite from that point of view. And do you, do you know if that's got anything to do with their history or is that? How, how... I'm not sure, actually. I think I should probably do a bit more reading um, on it. But from me being there, that's what the, they were saying, that they're right. planning to just keep it as green as possible. Because um, when they don't do that, they see things like the other islands see an increase in crime mm. because, you know, people from outside come buy the the land and then price the locals out right 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 so they're trying to endeavor to keep it um as green as possible for lack of a better word um then my other one is saint martin the big little island um i feel like it just has such a big feel to it um and you know the different languages in that you know i think it's something along the lines of only 30 miles all the way around they speak dutch they speak french um they have three different currencies running in that one place and it's such a melting pot so that would be my second one and then my third is barbados because that's the one i spent again a lot of time there and again i found the people there to be really nice um I found Sheffets to be quite good as well, that chicken place. <laughs> and I think they have some of the really, like some of the nicest beaches that I've ever seen. So those would be my top three. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so speaking of top threes, um, <laughs> who are your top three Jamaican inspirations? Like who, who inspires you? Who's Jamaican? As Jamaican? Hmm. Oh, it's got 
cetera. We are top three Jamaican, and that could be anyone, celebrity, family, etc. Anybody, anybody that's anybody. inspired you throughout your life that's Jamaica. Top three. Oh, my brain's gone. So most, I would probably say my mother. Um, as an obvious choice, I've been speaking about her quite a bit. Um, just because of how focused she has always been when she very loving person you know one of the things that she always said to me was just whatever you do do everything with love but make sure that you love yourself as well mm. so that was you know having somebody set down those rules and just say remember who you are and kind of seeing people as holistic as possible you know um she was friends with everybody and so forth so i said she's my number one inspiration um and i can't think um anyone else um i've literally just drawn a blank <laughs> uh, i mean i can go for the obvious choice like like a bob marley um again when he said to emancipate yourself from mental slavery i don't think i ever understood the magnitude of that until when i got older because we can be enslaved to anything not just the typical slavery um mm. to addictions to you know, wrong, like wrong thinking or, you know, thinking that keeps us stuck. Um, so again, I would say Bob Marley would definitely be an inspiration. And probably the third person is Miss Lou, you know, the famous author. Um, mm -hmm. Her being a creative, um, somebody that we could look up to and also, a, a, you know, a pro prolific female. So yeah, I would choose those three off at the top of my head. <laughs> Okay. Um, before we play your next selection, um, mm -hmm. can you remember? I'm really testing you now. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> can you remember any sayings that were said to you as a child that you kind of still use now? They kind of like just come out and you're like, mm -mm, my mum used to say that, or my aunt used to say that. I can't believe I'm saying that. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, let me think. No. Um. So, so me and my brother, right, we normally joke around many things and we always end up reciting the stuff that my grandmother normally used to say. So she would say something like, you know, when I kill fatten, I when I fatten forgotten. Mm -hmm. So we normally <laughs> use that phrase when we're joking around and what it means is, this is particularly if we've cooked something and we think, oh gosh, is it? Is it has it gone off or is it still good <laughs> so my grandmother would say well if it doesn't kill you mm -hmm. it will fatten you yeah and if it doesn't fatten you then you'll forget about it <laughs> so the rationale there is to eat it basically <laughs> you know i love that i love that um, yeah okay so your next selection is shane o partner draw why did you choose this one Okay, so I, I was probably a little bit cheeky with this one because it's not a full reggae song as such. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I like this song, and it's a relatively new song, a partner draw. I remember growing up, and even, I mean, no, I'm in a partner draw. Everybody goes in a partner draw. But the reason why I chose this song was in terms of even Jamaica, a lot of people when I was growing up anyway, were self-employed, you know. They're, they're either selling something, they're doing something, they, they work for themselves. You can't get a loan from the bank. So the partner draw was the thing where you can pool your money together and you can make your big purchases. And I know every adult that I have grown up with, every single person was in a partner. 
And, you know, sometimes when we when we even wanted something as kids, my mom would say, well, just wait till partner draw. Or my auntie would say, when we get my partner draw, I'm going to do this. So that's the reason why I chose this song, because I feel like it is reality for a lot of us. Um, and it gives some idea to the social climate or the financial cri- um, climate in Jamaica as well. So that's why I chose that song. Okay. I'll allow you then. It's all right. <laughs> 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 Here we go with Shane O. Oh, partner draw. Every make a make a muckle Give me card up a shuffle Partner for two some of your sons We are till me get my partner Yeah, I go buy mama everything what she want We are till me get my partner Yeah, friend them can't tell me said them brah All when the choice not a portion Brother will a Nike, sister will a lotion We are till me get my partner Yeah, yeah, yeah when the partner monthly, my auntie daily Me pray the bring spurs so God save it Fetch you the partner taxi, no for slave it Forget the draft, you buy the beam, my had them favorite Know this, know this, more time bad juice, me take and show this When me stress, me devil and myself, me play and I'm a rotis At the same partner thing, make every month, my landlord won't give me no this. Wait till me get my partner, yeah I go put it up on a awesome one Wait till me get my partner, yeah me I go buy everything what me want All when the choice not a portion Brother will a Nike, sister will a lotion Wait till me get my partner What made you choose your occupation? Right, okay So, I mean, I have gone through a couple of things um, since leaving school I used to be a chef um, for a little while Actually for a big while, about 10 years um, but then I felt like that wasn't enough. I didn't feel like, without sounding cliche, I didn't feel like it was feeding my soul. And I kind of got a little bit bored of it. So I then decided I'm going to do some volunteering, which is how I ended up starting to work with ex-offenders. Um, long story short, I really felt like I wanted to do something where I was able to help people um, in, in, in some capacity or another. So I did some research um, on it. And I thought, well, I don't really want to be a nurse and I don't really want to be a physiotherapist. Um, so what is out there that can help me to, you know, kind of tap into working with people on a larger scale? And then I found out about occupational therapy. Um, so what I did then was reached out to um, um, the hospital, one of the local hospital and asked, could I do some shadowing? Went there and thought, yeah, I can see myself doing this. And then I applied. Well, I actually went back to uni went back did an access course an access course is for those who don't know it's basically where you do your a levels but instead of doing it in two years you do it in about nine months so it's accelerated and it's a bit more focused and then did my applications and got into university and then applied um to be working where i'm working now so that's how i got there okay um and so what does a typical day entail for you what does what does that look like right so first, I guess, with, to describe what I do, I have to explain kind of what it is. Um, most people, when they hear about occupational therapy, they think, oh, your work, your occupational health, so if something's wrong with you, then we come out. No, what an occupational therapist generally looks at the person as a whole human being, their environment that they operate in, and how they can participate in that environment. So for me, I currently work in an infectious disease ward at one of the local hospitals. Um, And with that, we have people that present with, 
every disease that you can really think about. Um, so we've got our TB patients, we uh, tuberculosis patients. We have our people with MRSA, HIV, etc. And when they come into hospital, um, most of the time they have a lot of social issues. Um, so they probably don't really have accommodation. Um, they're not able to mobilize uh, as well. So we try to get them to well, really try to get them back on their feet, able to walk properly, um, able to get in and out of bed properly. Um, if they don't have housing, we can sort that from the hospital. Um, or we go through a social worker to do that. We set up package of care. So if a person needs a carer when they leave hospital, then we set that up as well. And then we do the more benign things, like maybe giving a zimmer frame for somebody who isn't walking properly, um, and things like that. So that's the typical bread and butter is getting people to be able to do as much as they were able to do before coming into hospital. Um, most of it is based on how their mobility, um, what we have to take into consideration, their cognition, um, the support they have at home, and then wherever there are gaps, we try and fill them. And we try and do that as quickly as possible to get them home and out of the hospital. Okay, so... That's a typical day. Okay. Um... <laughs> So with everything that's been going on recently, then how, how has that affected your work? It tremendously, actually, um, because like even with what's going on now, um, that is taking up most of what people are talking about. But there's still individuals that are profoundly unwell, sick that we still have to cater for. Um, but at the moment, because there's so much focus on infectious diseases, particularly the big C, that, well, COVID that's happening now. Um, a lot of the attention has now turned to our unit because, you know, um, it, it, we have to do a lot of shuffling around to make sure that people are still leaving the hospital safe, but we have to, it, it calls for a lot more prioritizing. Um, and especially with, um, no, a lot of people have been asked to work at home, including social workers, so it makes it very difficult to get the social aspect um, done um, properly at the moment so it's it's very tricky um, very tricky but at the same time there are a lot of things put in place to make sure that the very sick people who we who are kind of our usual suspects are looked after well but also to make room for the people who are not presenting with with COVID so so do it's, you it's make work very interesting <laughs> right 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 so do you feel like um people that maybe have the coronavirus are prioritised over other people that have viruses? Or how, how exactly does that work in terms of, you know, um, prioritising patients? So it's, I mean, we are, it's kind of, um, how do I answer this? In a way, they have to be prioritised, but it's still a spectrum because there are people who... who so we look at it from the point of view of some, the person who is most likely to unfortunately expire as a result so we have to consider people that have other things other than corona because the the reality is that most people it might not affect them that badly but the ones who are in hospital we have to prioritize them because it means that they have gotten it the worst so they yeah in most cases they have to be prioritized but again um because of the kind of the unit that I work on, I am working with them 
almost exclusively and who can be looked after elsewhere gets looked after elsewhere so the long and short of it everyone gets looked after um, but you basically now work um, in a way that we keep them to our speciality basically if that makes sense so every hospital every ward has a speciality um, so we would get somebody who has an infection and some people who don't, a general medicine. So what we tend to do now is keep all of the infectious people ourselves and the ones who are general, more general, we can send them on elsewhere to be looked after so that we're working to our speciality. Okay. And do you feel, obviously you must feel pressure as, you know, the, that, yeah. that's the sector that you work in. Um, yeah. Do you feel that you're given all the tools in order to do your job right now? Yes. To the best yes. of your ability? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, there is a lot of things where, because it's now a pandemic and we're seeing an influx of people with this. And I think a lot of it is based on the fact that many people didn't take it seriously. But obviously, seeing it for ourselves, we think, oh, gosh, if people would only stay home and look after themselves. Um, in terms of having the tools, yeah, we have the right um, equipment, the right um, protective, like PPE um to, to look after ourselves. So if we do come in contact, we, we have strict orders on how to look after ourselves while looking after them as well. Okay, as long as they're keeping you safe, that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's the main thing. I mean, we can't look after someone if we're not looked after ourselves. So we have strict guidelines as to how we go about it to minimize any anything happening to, to staff members. Okay, okay. Um, we're gonna move on to your next selection which is Elaine, okay. Better Life. Okay. You want to tell us why you chose this song? All right. So Elaine um, is one of my favorite artists, by the way. And I thought to myself, I couldn't do something like this and not have a female artist as well. But that's not the main reason why I chose her. But the reason why I like this song, again, it's kind of a newer song. Um, and she's basically saying cheers to a better life. But if you listen to the words of the songs, she's, you know, She's not taking anything for granted. She, you know, she thanks God for um, every breath that she takes. You know, she's basically, it's to me, I kind of take it as positive sort of um, affirmations, you know, not taking anything for granted, you know, just being thankful for what I have now. And that's the reason why um, I chose that song. Just it, for me, whenever I listen to this, it kind of gets me to be just more grateful so um, that's really the reason for that song. Okay, that's definitely what we need right now. So here we oh, go yeah. with um, Elaine Better Life. Multiply a better life. Give thanks felt all the love. 
I just wanted to um, touch on if you had any advice to give people for their mental well-being when going through this current isolation, you know, being in their houses, being cooped up and all the rest of it. Do you have any advice on yes. anything that they could do? Yeah, I was thinking about this recently because, you know, when most of the times we, we keep ourselves busy so we don't actually have a time to really stop and think about life and I feel like with this COVID it's actually in some ways getting us to just stop um so what I would say with people is just make sure that you're looking after yourself um eating right um going out um getting fresh air if you feel that your thoughts are becoming too much definitely if you can't talk to anyone then write write it down um if you're feeling, if somebody's feeling, you know, potentially quite low, the Samaritans are normally quite good. It's, people think that it's just for suicide, but it really isn't. It's to have somebody anonymous to talk to. And sometimes that's what we need. Because in some ways, I feel like when you're around your friends, your friends know you as one way. They don't always know you as, you know, they, they don't see the vulnerable side. But sometimes even through anonymity, you can able to, you know, reach out to other people and just say, this is how I'm feeling. Um, but it's just to take this this natural pause that's happening now and just to take stock of everything that's going on and use your friends, speak with your friends, speak with your family um, and don't suffer in silence and try and laugh as well. Create a TikTok account <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> that seems to be quite popular right now. But that's what I would say. Just make sure to keep a balance Um looking after yourself if you're a person that is a praying person if you go to church you can't go to church no you can go online and, and watch your sermon there if you're not a person of faith then if you're more of a person that meditates just make sure that you're doing that but just try and stay grounded and turn off the news um, because that can be a little bit um, unsettling at times and that's probably what i would say okay so you suggest a lot of the um a lot of the solutions would you say are online then in terms of um kind of trying to um what's the word now trying to like find other other ways to get in touch with people or different outlets yeah. kind of thing yeah definitely i think the main thing is to try and stay connected because right now we're very much disconnected i mean that's been happening for a while now where people are more to themselves and especially if you live in you know, places like here where we don't know our neighbors most of the time. Um, this just adds that extra isolation where people might be sitting at home and thinking, wow, I am really by myself. Um, so it's just a matter of trying to maintain that connection with, with people. If you need to call somebody, call somebody, you know. Um, so that's why I, I made that suggestion. So do you, do you find it quite ironic that um, it has been said that social media and, and being online and being on your phones is quite um, antisocial in the sense oh, yeah. of when you're around people and now it's kind of the only way to socialize. <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It, it, it is ironic. Like it, it is the thing that can make you be more socially isolated, but now it's the thing that actually can keep you connected. So... I think it's just finding the balance as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, and before we play um, your next selection, 
Um, do you have any mantras that you use on a daily basis? Obviously, doing the work that you do, you must have positive words um, that you use for yourself to like lift yourself up, uplift yourself. Um, do you have any positive mantras that you might want to share with people that maybe they can use if they're waking up and feeling a bit fed up with everything that's going on? Um, I'm trying to think. No, do I have any positive mantras? I, I normally generally just say to myself, um, stay grounded stay connected, stay vigilant, um, and see the, the, the whole person is what I normally say. Because especially in this line of work, um, I find that if I'm not careful, it is just a number. Here's room for, you know, and you don't see the person. So that's my mantra is to, because if I was to be a patient in a hospital, I would want somebody to take some interest in me as a whole person and not just as a number or as a patient, but as Shelley. Um, so that's what I normally say to myself, just stay grounded, stay connected, and just, just keep it the human um, level there. Um, for myself as well, because obviously we're dealing with people who are quite unwell and for the most part, they're at the worst part of their life. Um, is to remember that that's still not my thing to take home. So tuning out at the end of the day and saying, well, I'm going to my home now mm. um, with love. Um, so again, just to keep it separate from my life, because if I don't do that, then when I go home, I'll be thinking about other people all the time, which isn't um, the best the best thing to do, because then I wouldn't be of any service to anyone at that point. Definitely. And for the listeners, I suppose it's kind of um, the the it would be a thing of well, taking a step back from things. And like you said, the yeah. news and stuff like that and just going, yeah. just giving thanks for what they've got and the yes. situation that they're in rather than yes. taking everything on board too much. So, yeah, yeah, because at the same time, I have to be um, objective as well. Um, you still have to make decisions that's going to impact their life and you can't always make an emotional decision it has to be one on fact as well that will be for the best good for that person even if they don't see it that way at times mm, mm, definitely definitely okay let's get back to the music um mortimer <laughs> fight the fight why this one? <laughs> oh gosh i you know i was speaking to my friend and i'm like i have to put a, a mortimer song in there because this whole album of his is worth just well an ep of his what in terms of this song, the reason why I chose it, Fight the Fight, I feel like for me, and I'm sure for many others too, there's always something that you're fighting with, whether if you're at work, um, it's probably sometimes some friction between you and someone else, friction between you and a friend, friction between. Um, but sometimes it's just fighting for your own rights as well. Um, and in this song, he's saying, Ja, give I courage to fight the fight. Um, so again, for me, it's just a, a motivational thing um, where sometimes it does feel like a fight, you know. Um, so that's the reason why I chose that song. Plus, I mean, I, his voice is amazing in this too. <laughs> I couldn't leave the song. So that's the reason why I chose it, chose it because there's often something that we're fighting with. Okay, here we go in Mortimer, Fight the Fight. I pray. 
channel came about in 2016 mind you i'm not active with it with it as much anymore um so carib fusion tv is basically a youtube channel that focus on reggae and dance and also things from the caribbean diaspora um 2016 i was still finishing up union i had some time on my hand and i was watching some of the vloggers online and I thought, you know, actually, I could probably do a little bit better here because they're speaking in full patois. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I wonder if other people would benefit from this if I just spoke a little bit slower and kind of review the songs because that was a hot thing at the time. So that's how Care Fusion TV came. And then over time, I started to speak more about trending topics. Um, did video about, you know, just like either reviewing a song or reviewing a movie, um, or just kind of trending stuff that was happening between the Jamaican entertainers or Caribbean entertainers at the time. So <laughs> that was the, that was the YouTube channel, or that is the YouTube channel. Okay. Um, Do you have any advice for any up and coming YouTubers from your experience doing that? Uh, yes. Make sure. <laughs> probably the most important thing: understand the copyright situation how much you can use, how much you can't use. Um, find out who it is that you want to target. So like for myself, I wanted to target um, Caribbean people abroad. Um, so I used that as my format. Um, and I also wanted to really, so my, yeah, that was basically my, my, my thing to get people that are from the Caribbean diaspora and get them to be interested in my content from abroad. Um, so just be very specific about who you want, because the, the more specific it is, the, the more successful it can become. Um, and I would just say branch out, um, try and collaborate with as many people as possible. And I would say don't post anything that you wouldn't feel comfortable um, your mom listening to it or your family listening to it <laughs> because that can bite you in the butt <laughs> i mean i listen back to some of my videos like oh my god that's so cringy <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah and enjoy it as well it is, youtube takes up a lot of time um a lot of time so make sure you have time to dedicate to it as well 
Okay. Um, seeing as you used to re- um, with the channel, you reviewed songs. Um, uh-huh. Can you let our listeners know any? I'm going to do the top three thing again. Um, <laughs> uh, new artists from Jamaica that people should be listening out for, in your opinion? Yes, uh, new artists. So I've kind of been out of the loop for a little while, um, but I would say let just have a quick look. Um, Squash is pretty good. Um, if you're into like the kind of dancehall trap type of thing. So Squash is very good. He's getting the crowd going, um, dancehall artist. Mortimer, the last song that we played, Mortimer as a reggae artist, amazing. Um, his voice is amazing. And what I like about him particularly is that for a male, especially a Jamaican male, being so vulnerable in his song, I would definitely highlight um, Lightning by Mortimer. Um, I think it's just refreshing to see a, a Caribbean Jamaican man um, being so expressive in his music. And I will also say Savannah as well. Um, and Leila Aiki, there's so many good ones. Um, the female artists are doing so well as well. Um, so what I would say, Savannah, she's very good. And Leila Aiki, just check them out as well. Um, they were due to come here um, next week, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen again. So I would say check out those three or four people. Okay, okay. Um, we're going to move on to your next selection, which is Damien Marley, Speak Life. Why did you choose this song? Right, so this song is one of my favourite songs. Um, and this song actually reminds me of my cousin Yoki. She's a teacher. Make up Yoki. Um, she actually turned me on to this song. She's actually, you need to listen to this song and tell me what you think. Um, and in this song, it's talking about Speak Life. And once we had listened to the song together, she said... Um, you know, how important it is, especially when you have children, how you speak to them, um, how you refer to them, how you refer to yourself in relation to them. Um, And even the the whole discussion that we were having was how important words are, because words give life or it can tear down life. So, you know, the conclusion of that was really being careful about how we speak to ourselves, how we speak to our family, and just making sure that when we are speaking, that it is upbuilding. Um, hence the reason why I chose this song, Speak Life, just because how important it is for positive self-talk, positive talk to the people around you and you know the world in, in general. So that's why I chose that song. Love that. Here we go with Damien Marley, Speak Life. Speak Life Live a humble and meek life Ordinary day of the week life Try to search and seek life Way up Keep your head up and stay up Even when you're sore and pain Never giving up till it's game up Concentrate on what's bogus Never sell out for a bonus Handle your biz like grown-ups Own up, it's amazing The wage of fire keeps blazing 
simply praise him. Now, unfortunately, we've come into the end of the interview. <laughs> I know we could talk for much longer, so hopefully, I can get you back at some point and we can meet face to face and do the interview. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, I'm going to finish off with one final question before we do your final song, um, which okay. is. What legacy would you like to leave behind for the next generation? Mm. What legacy would I like to? Mm. That is such a deep question, Daniel. <laughs> I only do deep. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> that is so deep. I'm just like delaying while I. Um, what? <laughs> killing time. <laughs> I'm killing time. Yeah, I'm killing time. <laughs> legacy. Um. I think in terms of legacy, I would want my, you know, my children when I have them um, and my nieces and nephew growing up to feel as if they can do anything. Um, that would be what I would want them to. That would be the legacy, that feeling of knowing that, OK, so Auntie Shelley was able to do X amount of things and that them growing up looking at us as the older generation um, can say, you know, actually, yeah, I can do anything and just feel like they're not limited by resources, whether it be financial, whether it be having support from us as family members, just to be able to be like, you know what, I want to be a doctor and I know my family can support me and I know that I have everything in place that will support me in that way. That's what, that's the legacy I would want to leave for the, the younger ones coming up, that they can do anything they want. Love that. So you, they've got the foundation there. They've got the foundation. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, your final selection um, is Louis Culture, Gangali. Yes. <laughs> Gangali. So again, this song is a, a song that growing up, we used to listen to this all the time, but I never really considered what he was saying in the song. You know, you just say, man, oh, gangali, gangali. I'm thinking, yeah, man, this is a bad manchu. <laughs> Actually, it isn't. <laughs> it's not a bad manchu. When I listen to that song again, as an adult, um, and again, me and my, my brother, we're quite, we talk about a lot of stuff, and we're just like, you ever, you said, should we ever sit on a meds what this man is saying in the song? He's just like, I was born to be free. So me, old gangali, gangali. He was basically saying the same thing that Bob Marley was saying, which is to emancipate yourself from mental slavery. So I think, again, even in relation to the question that you were asking, and I was saying that I would want the younger people to feel like they can do anything, this is, again, that song kind of consolidates that for me. Um, just having that belief that I was born to be free, to be who, who I am. Um, so yeah, that's that's the reason why I chose that song without going off on on a tangent because I could. Um, yeah, that's the reason I chose that one. Okay. Well, thank you so much um, for being the guest today on the Reggae Uprising podcast. I really appreciate all of your time, all of the information that you shared, all of you know the memories from your childhood. All of that is is absolutely amazing, and it's what. You know, it's why it's why I do Reggae Uprising podcast most definitely, and I hope, like I said earlier, you'll come back so we can do the face to face thing. Yes, and, you know, yes. <laughs> love that, love that. Okay, I'm gonna leave um, the Reggae Uprising listeners with your final selection. Everybody, stay safe and stay loving. I'm gonna leave you with Louis Culture Gangali. As always, blessed. 
Judge when I laugh, 